Man invented the church that, that wasn't spirit-filled. Anyway, I won't get on that today. But anyhow, um, so, so when, that, when that statement was written, walk after the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul was talking to born-again, spirit-filled Christians. So you can be born again and spirit-filled and not walk after the spirit, but walk after the flesh. Now, here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of carnal people that are carnal believers that they don't even think they're believers because they're living in carnality. Listen, I've got news for you. You may have walked away from God or walked away from your relationship with God. You may be out of fellowship with God, but that doesn't make you you a, a lost person. You know, the Baptists, in the Baptist church, many Baptists believe once, there's, they, they have a doctrine that's called, they call it once saved, always saved. Once you're born again, you'll always be born again. Do you know what? I'm going to say something. Now, let me, before you judge me, let me explain it. They're right. Once you get saved, you can't be unsaved. Once you get born again, you can't get unborn. How can you get unborn again once you've been born again? You can't. Now, you can walk away from fellowship with God. You can miss heaven. See, now the Baptists don't believe that. Baptists believe that you're not, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved, and you won't ever miss heaven. But Jesus taught something different. He said, in fact, in a parable, he said there were 10 virgins. All of them had oil. Five of them didn't have enough. And, and five of them missed when the bridegroom came. So it's possible to be born again and miss heaven if you, you, know, if you get stupid. But you have to get pretty stupid. Anyhow, I'm not going to try to dwell there. <laughs> My mind gets to working. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell there. But you can't, you can't get born again again. You can't get born again, again, again. You can't get born again, 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 again. Once you get born again, once the Holy Spirit has come into your life, you're born again. Amen. Now, you may be carnal and live in carnality. And if you live too far off into carnality, you, you may miss heaven. So, but uh, every one of you that are here, if you're here, probably most of you are born again believers. You may not be walking after the spirit. You may be walking after the flesh, but you're a believer. Now, I, I just wanted to make sure that you understood this. So what Paul was demanding, he was commanding. It was a commandment. Walk after the spirit. Turn to someone, tell them walk after the spirit. So we're to, we're to be spirit led. The Bible says in the book of Romans, sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Amen. 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 So we've been talking about walking, you know, navigating that, that, that walk of the Spirit, uh, uh, following the leading of the Spirit, especially in the environment that we find ourselves in in this nation. Never before have we ever faced the kind of persecution as the church that we're facing now. I mean, we're not facing death, uh, and I, I, I'm not going to say yet because I'm not sure that we will ever face the threat of debt in, uh, uh, death in this nation. I'm not sure. I mean, at some point, yes, but... Um, uh, we may be gone by the time that happens, you know, as, as Christians uh, here in this country. But um, definitely, it's a, it's a more hostile environment against those that are claiming the name of Jesus. Right. I mean, is that right? Um, 
never, never dreamed that we would be living in this kind of an environment in our nation. But you know what? The Bible did predict it. The Bible did say it was coming. So I'm not, I mean, I never thought I'd see it, but I'm not surprised that it's happening. I'm just surprised that it happened so quickly and that it happened here. You know what I'm saying? So anyhow, um, that book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> so if we're going to walk after the Spirit, then we have to, we have to understand, uh, number one, we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting with verse 23, and we'll, we'll just read verse 23, says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And now I'm going to be a little bit teaching this morning, so bear with me. Uh, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, he's, so he says it here. We are spirit and soul and body. <clears throat> so what is your spirit? Your spirit is the innermost part of your being. You know what Jesus called a man's spirit? Uh, Jesus said, one time he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So when Jesus was referring to one's spirit, he called it one's belly. Now, your spirit isn't your stomach. But when Jesus said belly, what he, was, what he was trying to get across to, it's the deepest part of your being. It's deep, you know what the Old Testament says about, um, about our spirit or about us being spirit? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Amen. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And it illuminates, again, referring to our spirit as the belly, it illuminates the innermost part of his being. Praise God. So you are a spirit. You are a spirit. Now, some people, they refer, when they refer to themselves, they're like, well, I'm body, soul, and spirit. Well, you know what? That's the order that man, carnal man, has put it in. They, they, uh, they uh, feed their body at the expense of their soul and at the expense of their spirit. But we're not body, soul, and spirit. We're not, you're not a body. You're a spirit. Amen. And we, as God's people, we need to be about the uh, we need to be about the business of strengthening ourselves in that place in that place of reality in our spirit. Amen. We need to allow our spirit man to rule our lives instead of allowing our flesh to rule our lives. But now, and this is where this is where we're kind of kind of take a little bit of a turn here. Now, but notice that this says, yes, we're spirit, but we're also soul. Now, sometimes we get so, we get, and I'm, I'm just getting cranked up here, so bear with me. I, I promise it'd be worth, it'd be worth your time here today. <laughs> I promise. I know usually I, I preach and I might, you should have come Wednesday. Boy, I was preaching Wednesday. Uh, if you wanted preaching, you should have come Wednesday. <laughs> I'm doing today what I was trying to do Wednesday. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the fact that we're spirit because we are spirit that we don't really take the time to realize that there's something that has to be done also with our soul. Right. 
Now, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your will. Now, notice what this verse of Scripture says. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely or set you, set you apart. Amen. That's what, that's what sanctify means. May he set you apart completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. So, uh, here in Thessalonians, it's not just your spirit that God is concerned about. But he's also concerned about your soul and about your body. In other words, there's something that we, that we as, as believers are responsible. Now listen, you're going to suffer in the, in, the, in the area of your spirit if you, don't, if you don't do what is necessary to get your soul and your body in alignment with the word of God. In fact, you can never accomplish everything God wants you to accomplish you can never be everything God wants you to be or do everything God wants you to do. If, you're, if you don't attend to your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your body. In fact, it's the main reason. You know what? Most of y'all, the devil isn't your problem. <clears throat> Some of you, it's the, the afflictions that you're carrying around in your soul that, uh, that easily beset you that knock you off the path, that get you off course. It's, it's, uh, it's insecurities. Insecurities and, and uh, hurts and, and uh, things that we carry. Many of us, we've carried them since we were... You know some, do you know some of you what knocks you off the path? What, what knocks you off the path is something that happened to you in grade school. What keeps you from being everything God wants you to be, it, it, it doesn't have its origins in, in something that happened to you recently or something that the devil perpetrated against you last week. It has to do with something your teacher told you in first grade. Something the kids said to you uh, on the playground when you was out at recess. <laughs> you know, people that don't think, people that go around and, and they make fun of people that believe in confession and making a good confession. Having what you say. You know, how many of you heard people make fun of people like, oh, they're name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, and this and that and the other. Listen, some people say, you know, we, we say it as kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you know that's a lie? Words will kill you. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Words are, words are so powerful that words spoken over you, some of you 25, 30 years ago, you haven't been able to get a hold of those things and uproot them out of your life and get them away from you so that they don't hinder you. And here you are years and years. And Amen. Boy, you, listen, you, you'd, think, you'd think people would realize how powerful words are and how effective they have been at either helping us to achieve everything that God has called us to achieve or hindering us from being everything God wants us to be. Amen. 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 But you know, church, uh, and, and this is what I was going to talk about Wednesday, uh, nav navigating the spirit definitely, but the church life is what I was going to talk about. Okay. Church life. Because church life... <laughs> You think church life would be spiritual life. But church life isn't just spiritual life. 
See, that's, that's, the, that's the deception, is that we come to church, and even, even people at this church, as much teaching, as much word as we have, I mean, you go to, you go to the Believer's Convention, you go to uh, uh, Brother Hagen's place, and you go to meetings over there. In fact, you go to meetings at any place, and most places, you know, they're, they, believe they're, uh, they believe they're about the Spirit, but you know, in church, you're, we're not just navigating the realm of the spirit. We also, we also have to be kept blameless in our soul and in our bodies. And when you get into the church life, that's when you have to start. Listen, if, 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 you're, not a, if you're not a church attender, the reason why you don't attend, attend church is because you don't want to deal with your soul and with your body. You sure don't mind the Spirit. Listen, you'll get up and you'll receive the things of the Spirit. But man, the minute God goes to meddling in your soul and in your body, you're like, well. (laughs) Heck, you walk into church and you're already on alert. Let's see who says hi to me. You know, Tyler walked right by me and didn't say a word to me. Uh, (laughs) Miss Debbie didn't even give me a hug today. (laughs) Listen, if if Miss Debbie hugs you, you're going to know it because you're going to be there a minute. (laughs) Ted, too, yes. Yeah, Ted. Of course, you'll be be leaning over with Ted. He'll be giving you that, uh, you know... (laughs) (laughs) have you in a headlock anybody know what I'm talking about you know I saw a pastor in the foyer and he you know he just walked right by me and and I even looked like I was in distress but he didn't even seem concerned heck on Father's Day we had one walk home You know, I had about four people come. This one I knew I had to address. I had four people come to me and say, Pastor, I just want you to know that maybe I might have contributed to that because, you know, they were, they were, they, this person was talking to me. They were asking for help. and They were going, you know, people, people feel bad when that happens. We don't want to see people, we don't want to see people leave, leave out of the building even before the service starts. Right. But you, let, me put, let me put everyone at ease that thought maybe they had contributed to that. It was my fault. Because I was coming out of my office like I normally do in the middle of praise and worship. This individual was sitting, pouting on, this, on one of our chairs, one of our few chairs in the foyer. And I said, hey, how are you? Well, how, how's it going today? And his response was, well, it's not going very good. My response was, well, you're in the right place. I'm glad you're here. I grabbed a taco and came in. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me, how can I feel, <laughs> you have to understand, how can I feel sorry for you when we serve the same God? When we all have the same benefits. When he hears you just like he hears me. When the same blessing that he says belong to me belong to you. How can I get on a pity pot with you and mope with you and sit in the foyer with you and cry in my, I'm not, I don't drink beer so I can't cry in my beer. You know, cry in my root beer. 
<laughs> but see, see that, that's, why, that's why this scripture tells us that we've got to be kept blameless in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. Because you know what? It's not your spirit that's going to betray you. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you out of the presence of God. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you from ministry. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you from fellowship. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you from miracles. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you from outreach. It's not your spirit that's going to try to keep you out of Baptist hospital laying hands on the sick. Boy, I'm preaching right now. About to grab this baby. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not your spirit that's trying to keep you outside of the doors of the church house. It's not your spirit that's trying to keep you in bed on Sunday morning. It's not your spirit that's trying to keep you from attending on Wednesday. None of that is your spirit. So, amen, now I'm preaching. So the problem that we have isn't a spirit problem. It's a flesh problem. I love it. I love it. The other day, it's so funny. Well, we were trying, I think most of you heard this. We were driving and there was someone that we saw from, from church. They don't attend this church, but they recently visited. And I saw them there standing in a parking lot and, we were driving through the parking lot, and I went to, I went to, I went to, I said, is that, is that who I think it is? And Gabe was like, nah, it's not him. I said, no, I think, I think it's him. I said, I think that's him. And, and of course, I've got my finger on the, you know, window uh, button to roll down my window, because, because I'm going to, you know, I want, I want to say something to people, not, you know, I just want to be friendly. Right. And, and Gabe was like, you know, I said, no, I think that's him. I said, and I, I slowed way down. In fact, I even stopped. And the person's back is toward me. And then Gabe noticed they had a, like a vape or something in their hand. And, uh, and so he's, you know, he got this vape next to him. And um, Gabe was like, Dad, do not roll the window down. I said, I just want to say hi. I said, it's definitely him. I recognize his earring. And he says, oh, no, that, Dad, don't do, don't do it, Dad. I said, Gabe, why? He said, Daddy's got a vape in his hand. I said, and? He goes, nobody wants to say hi to their pastor when they know they're an open sin, you know? It's, you know, because to Gabe, you know, that would be, you know, sin. And uh, not that I, I know some of you are like, you're saying that vaping is sinful? Uh, I can't do it. Others can't do it. You know, there, there's, if you're convicted, uh, don't do it. Go ahead, man. Don't start. No start. That's right. But Gabe, you know, he equates that to wrong, you know, he equates that to wrongdoing. He equates that to, you know, for him, it's sin. So he's like, Dad, don't say hello to him. Nobody wants to say hi to their pastor where, when they're in the throes of sin. He said, I wouldn't want you to, I, past, I would, Dad, I wouldn't want my pastor to stop saying hello to me if I had a vape in my hand. He said, Dad, just keep rolling. Just keep going. Just go on, Dad. Just go on. And so, you know, I uncharacteristically 
followed the advice of my son. I didn't roll down my window and I did that. Because you know what? It's not, it's not really my desire. You know, as, mu- as, much as, as much as people think that preachers try to make you feel guilty about your life, that's not really what they're doing. It doesn't really serve any purpose. Now, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. Stay with me. Stay with me because some of you are like, Look at y'all. Look at y'all. Look at me. You're like, dude. All I had to say was vape. And everybody, what's he going to say next? Tattoos? What are you going to, is he going to get on tattoos here in a minute? Or uh, Lewis is like, <laughs> men with, men with earrings. Look, my, look, my tape. See, I'm just saying, it's some of y'all making assumptions, you know. <laughs> and he has a tattoo. Come show him your tattoo, baby. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen you turn red in a long time. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? It's messing with us. That has nothing to do with your spirit. That has to do with your soul. That has to do with your mind, your will, and your emotions. You don't have to, listen, you don't have to, def- you don't have to defend your tattoos. I think it was, I think it was Amanda, was it Amanda? Yeah. I think Ted's daughter, Amanda, one time she got a tattoo, and I, th- I don't know, I don't know what Ted told her. Ted must have, he might have said something, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> who knows what Ted said? Ted, he, who knows what Ted said? But Ted said something. You know, I've said to Annie one time asked me, she said, and Annie did, she does have tattoos, but anyway, uh, we're we're not going to judge her. Um, (laughs) We're not going to judge her. But but the reason I say that is because she's like, she's like, should I get this tattoo? I'm like, I think it's kind of nice. I mean, I I admire some, I'll be looking at some people's tattoos. Michael, Michael Salazar got some nice tattoos. He tried to keep it, he tried to keep it on the... He tried to keep it on the down low who his artist is, though, because he don't want anybody else having nice tattoos. But anyway. <laughs> Isn't that right, Twyla? He'd be like, don't say nothing to nobody. Don't check in over here. Don't check in over here. Because then everybody and their grandmother going to be up in here. So, so one, you know, Annie asked me, she says, uh, she said, would you like to get a tattoo? I said, no, I don't want to go to hell. She's like, don't say that. I said, well, I don't. She's like, are you saying I'm going to hell? I said, no, I'm saying I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, but you're saying the tattoos will say. I said, you know why I said it? To mess with her. 
just to mess with her. Do I think tattoos will send you to hell? Here's the deal. I don't know. I'm thinking no. I'm thinking. But you, but you know why I think that way? Because I had a Puerto Rican grandmother who grew, grew up holiness. She never shaved her legs. She didn't shave up under her armpit. She looked like she had Don King in a headlock. Now, I know, I, I know. <laughs> Just stay with me for a second. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and I mean, at one point, that was considered holy. I mean, you were considered holy. A, a woman was considered holy. A, a man's wife was considered holy if she looked like his mother. <laughs> and there's nothing, there was nothing attractive about it. There's nothing. Now, if you don't, I, I understand this. That nowadays, women be like, I'm not shaving my, my, my daughter. Well, I won't get into that. Anyway. <laughs> There's some people, they just don't, you know, that it's not something they think about. You know, some, some women uh, nowadays, they don't care. I mean, other countries, they don't shave under their arms. or shave. But here's the thing. There's nothing holy about a fuzzy woman. You don't, you don't have to be fuzzy to be holy. I mean, it's a revelation. But if you grew up around a holiness woman, you know what you're going to have issues with? Every time, you, every time you put a razor to your legs, you're going to be like, is this going to send me to hell? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why does Gabriel look at a vape and think it's a, a sinful thing? Well, because all of his life we'd said, stay away from certain things. Do, you do this way. Do that way. Live right. Don't. You know, do this, don't do that. Uh, 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 live, a, live, a, live, live before the Lord in a way that is, uh, you know, all these things. These are, these are convictions and things that he has taken within himself that uh, have happened because of the Spirit of God that's working in him. Go ahead now. And because of the Word of God that we have preached. But how do those things that afflict your soul? Because you know what? I know good and well there are people that, uh, if, if I was to stand up and say that is this in some churches, there's some pastors that would run me out because, bless God, you just alienated a bunch of people. No, I didn't alienate, alienate anyone. I just provoked a bunch of stuff that's in people, running around in people's souls that's been hindering them for a long time. Kept people out of fellowship. Now some people, because, because, you know, I said something about tattooing, something about these, they'll, they'll wonder, you know, oh, pastor, how do you feel about this? I don't care. I know what I'm going to do. But what I'm doing, that's not, you know what? I may need to keep from tattooing because it'll keep people from hearing what I have to say. I know good and well I can't sport no tattoos. I know it. If I get one, it's going on my backside because can't nobody see it. <laughs> I might tattoo some hair on my head. <laughs> Get me a tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, no, no. <laughs> when I could grow hair, I, when I could grow hair, when I could, because now when I grow, I just like, look like Bozo the Clown. But back in the day when I was capable of growing hair, I didn't grow my hair out long. You know why, Gil? Because the Lord, Lord told me, <clears throat> want to share with the rest of us? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, Ted. Uh, Lord, Lord told me to cut my hair. I remember when the Lord told me to cut my hair. I was like, you know, that, that messed with me. Because one of the things that I feared and, and didn't like about church was the restrictive rules and regulations and all these things that, you know, kept me from, that trying to keep me from, you know, having, God don't care nothing about whether my hair is long or not. That's not even in the Bible. Of course, some people will take scriptures and twist them and make them say what they want them to say. But the Lord told me, you can cut your hair. I was like, Lord, you don't care nothing about hair. You know what? God don't care nothing about hair, but guess what he does care about? He cares about the calling that he's placed on your life and whether or not you're going to be effective at fulfilling it. So you know what he spoke to me? He said, he said, you need to cut your hair. He said, because if you don't cut your hair, I can't send you to some of the places I want to send you. And I can't, I can't use you to minister to some of the people I need for you to minister to. I was like, oh, that's a revelation. And so I started writing out a message that I was going to preach on getting your hair cut. Bless God, it's the, the, the old Pentecostal people was right. Man, you need to have short hair. Then the Lord rebuked me. He said, I didn't say everybody cut their hair. I said, you cut your hair. I was like, but Lord, if, if, if they're not going to receive it. He said, I ain't sending them to some of the places I'm sending you. He said, I told you. He said, this is for you. He said, leave everybody else out of it. Quit trying to drag them into your stuff. He said, I told you. Come on, y'all. Do you know, my, cutting, cutting hair, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a spiritual thing. It was a soulish thing. I started out with telling Ted's daughter. I think Ted said something about that. I don't know what he said about tattoo. I don't know what, I don't know what Ted's idea. I want you to tell it. I don't know what Ted's ideas are on tattooing. Probably he's heard me say stuff and made assumptions like many do. You know, like I say, I don't want to go to hell. See, I'm not, I'm not saying people going to hell that are tattooed. I, I just don't know whether or not I could get away with that because of the nature of the call that God has placed on my life and whether or not people are going to receive me if I go and I get a big old tattoo across my face. Go ahead, man. And besides that, I'm fat. If, if, I get, if I get tattooed, I'd want to show it off. Now, if I had the body of a... If I, if I, look, like, if I look like Daniel back there, I, you know, I might consider it. You know what I'm saying? I might consider it. And I'd come to, and I'd come to church. Listen, I'd be preaching right now with a tight T-shirt on. And every time, I, every time I'd have you look at Scripture, I'd be, look at the Scripture with me. Open your Bibles with me today. (laughs) 
Heck, I might come in shorts and cowboy boots. You understand? <laughs> but see, you, you all have things in your soul and that work in your body that you have to get set apart and sanctified, that you have to get blameless before God so that you can be everything that God wants you to be in your spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, they're, they're everyone, everyone has things in their life that people, that someone's going to take issue with. I know I, I kind of felt bad for Amanda because Amanda, after she got her tattoo, she also got a shirt that said, God loves me and my tattoos. See, we, we have this, we, 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 all of a sudden we have this need when, when uh, we feel challenged or when, we, when something that, that's a soul affliction. Now listen, if you're going to get tattooed, you better, you better own that before you ever do it. You better get settled with it in your own heart, in your own spirit, in your own soul, in your own, you better settle it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be people that come along that say something that some of you have left churches over stuff. You've broken friendships over stuff like this. Heck, some of you broke friendships over the last election. You unfriended people over, the, over what a bunch of yahoos are doing in Washington who, are, who don't even mean most of what they say. <laughs> you're, you're literally fighting and harboring bitterness toward people that were once your friends when these people in Washington that look like they're opposing one another leave for lunch and have lunch together because it's a game. Come on, <laughs> We'd be amazed. It's like, a rea- it's like a reality show. It's not really real. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I, I kind of felt bad because you know what? That th- those, those things that we carry, those, those insecurities. So, so here's, what, here's, what I, here's why I'm telling you this. Because I've been noticing um, that there, is, there, there, there are lots of things that are, uh, there are lots of things that are happening in our church. A uh, 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 fellow that I was talking about in the, uh, uh, in the lobby that was coming. Uh, one of the complaints that he had one time was, there are too many cliques in this church. Let, let me tell you something. You're going, there are cliques in every church. And uh, let, me, let me tell you this. Cliques are not necessarily a bad thing. Cliques are bad when you get a, in the wrong clique. You don't want to get in the... <laughs> you don't want to get in the clique that splits a church. Right. You don't want to get in a clique that is uh, divisive, that's operating in the flesh, <laughs> that's not operating in the spirit. But there are going to be, there are going to be cliques. Listen to me. There are going to be cliques everywhere that you go, on your job, at the church, at the bar. Did you fit into, listen, when you went to the club, did you fit into every social circle when you was going to the club? Some of you are like, I never went to the club. That's all, that's all right. Some people are like, I've never fit into any social circle. 
I've never fit into any social circle. Some of us, what hinders us from fulfilling what the Spirit of God wants us to do, we're hindered because we allow those kinds of things to keep us from pursuing what God has for us. You know, it'd be good if we started making decisions based on what God's plan is for our life. The, the ideas that God has for us. Listen, I know, I know there are things that I enjoy doing, but there's some things that I can't do. Because I have to commit myself to what God called me to do. And to be able to do what God called me to do effectively without being burnt out, without there being resentment toward the Lord or toward the church. Do you know, do you know that, um, do you know that uh, um, I've, had to really, I've had to really walk after the Spirit to avoid resentment toward people in the church? What are you talking about, Brother Ziggy? Well, you know, people, people that will... Uh, um, one time, I, I think I told you all this one time, I was asked by a pastor to come preach in, in Northwest Ohio. I went there. We were going to have a, a series of miracle meetings. I went two weeks in advance so that we could promote the meetings. Um, me showing up two weeks in advance was uh, helpful. Uh, I was young. I was still, I think I was still in my teens because Annie and I were dating at the time. And um, so I, I went to Northwest Ohio. Annie was still living there in Northwest Ohio with her family. And uh, um, Ted uh, helped me get there. He, had, he, had, he's, he got me a plane ticket. In fact, he maxed out his credit card to get me a plane ticket to get to Ohio. I was there in Ohio leading up to those meetings. I stayed in that pastor's home about three days before the meetings were going to start. That pastor looked at me and he said, well, I don't need you no more. Uh, I've got everybody that I need to get together. And uh, I've ha- I got my use out of you. Uh, you can leave now. I said, what are you talking about? He said, uh, I'm not going to have you. I'm going to do these meetings myself. He said, get your stuff and get out of my house. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, get your stuff and get out. I was like, well, what about the meetings? He said, yeah, what about them? You ain't doing them. I'm doing them. So essentially, I'm out on the street. I was counting on whatever came in the offering to get me back home. So I'm out on the street and I call up Ted. Ted, this pastor has lost his mind. Do you know what he, the only reason he had me go up there was to promote the meeting to get people interested in coming, knowing that I was there because we had been getting a lot of people get fillings in their teeth during that time and every meeting we had was packed out. So he just got enough interest generated in the meeting and enough people that were committed to coming, just promoted it enough so that he could get rid of me and have this meeting himself. That's evil. Now imagine you in that situation. How many more years would you preach? How many more churches would you go to? How many more pastors would you connect with after that? How many pastors would you have fellowship with after that? How confident would you be in the way that the church works after that? Would you be willing in that situation to be able to go on and do the work of the ministry after having experienced that? Would you be able to look in the eyes and in the face of any other preacher and think that it was okay to trust them ever? 
See, some, some of us, we wouldn't have made it out of the chute. Right. That's right. And you know what? Has nothing to do with the spirit and everything to do. Because you know what? That didn't affect my spirit. What he was doing didn't have any effect on the call of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God and the anointing of God and the gift of... It had no bearing on any of that. Had, it didn't affect my spirit, Miss Rhonda, but you know what it did affect? It tried to affect my soul. It certainly affected me physically. Do you know what you want to do when something like that happens to you? You want to, you want to allow a root of bitterness to grow it down into your heart. Do you know how many times I wanted to expose that man? And as much as I wanted to expose that man, and any, any be witness to this, do you know I never said a word about that until 10 or 15 years after the fact. Never even brought it up in a message. If you hear something in a message, it's because I done got over it. I got past it. And it's not going to have any effect on them or on me. I mean, this fellow ended up going to prison about five years later for insurance fraud. It didn't surprise me. I took no joy, though, in him going to prison. Because where, 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 the, where, the where, where, where the enemy really counts on us getting messed up is, there, is in, that, in that place of our mind, our will, our emotions, and our body. Taking on something that's going to keep us disconnected just enough so that we don't fulfill God's purpose. Go ahead now. Is anybody hearing this today? Now, that's, that, that, that's an extreme. You say, how did it turn out? Well, I ended up coming home. We didn't, have, we didn't do the meetings. And, and I ended up seeing this guy regular. He ended up preaching in some of the same churches I preached in. Do you know I never told any of those pastors, never knocked him in front of them pastors, never said anything negative about him in front of them. That guy sat in some of my meetings, and while I was preaching, he would tell the pastor, I'd say something, and he'd say to the pastor while I'm preaching, he'd say, he's saying that about you. He's trying to undermine what you're doing in this church. While I'm preaching, this guy was so evil. It impacted me financially. It impacted me emotionally. But what are you going to do? There's some of you sitting here today, you, you struggle with church because of an example you saw in somebody else. It messed with your soul, has nothing to do with the spirit, has nothing to do with God, but it's kept you from really fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Right. Remember I told you this wasn't real, I'm not trying to raise you to your feet and get you to shout. I'm trying to get you to identify some of the things that are getting you off course and keeping you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life, keeping you from the blessing of God. Did, did, Anna, did I have a right to get a t-shirt and advertise that God, God loves me <laughs> and this pastor is a jerk? <laughs> hey, 
Heck, it's, it's only recently that I've, that I've even come out and, and, and said anything about people like Greg Locke or, you know, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I mean, I, I, different people that, I, that, I, that we've had encounters with, different people that we know that we've had encounters with, that we know good and well haven't, haven't shown forth godly stuff. And only reason I t- only reason I've said anything about that is because there's so many people that are jumping on the bandwagon, and do you know why people are jumping on the bandwagon of carnal people? Because they're carnal themselves. Right. Right. Go ahead, man. That's right. Because these people are saying stuff that these people carried around in their own hearts, carnal stuff. That's right. Stuff that's that's ungodly. That doesn't further the kingdom. That doesn't promote the fulfillment of God's purpose in the lives of his people. Can I bring it, can I bring it down to you? I, we're, we're, coming, we're coming to it. I, I didn't get to all of my other scriptures. Believe me, I had more than this. There's, there's a lot of examples of this in scripture. Here's, here's what I want to tell you. Look at me. I'm going to finish up right now. Look, look at me. Here's what, I want you to, here's what I want you to think about here. When you're, as you're, as you become a part, as you become more part of the family of God here at Winter's Church and the family of God at large and in general, here's what you have to understand. You are not going to, you're not going to have deep relationships with everyone in church. You're not going, listen, you're not, not everyone in church that you connect with is going to be your best friend. Hey, best friend. That's unrealistic. It's unrealistic for you to believe that everyone at church is obligated to have a deep relationship with you. Some of you, you're not capable of having a deep relationship with yourself, yet you're requiring others to invest in you in a deep way. You won't invest in a deep way, but you want everyone else to be 100%. And you're only a 10%er. But that's your safe place. Everyone all in, but you only half in because of what you've gone through. You don't understand what I've been through. And we want everyone to understand what we've been. What we don't know is we're propping up our flesh. We're propping up our, we're, we're not sanctifying. We're not setting apart. We're not, put that scripture up there again, Joe. <laughs> we're not keeping blameless. Our spirit, yes, but not our soul. Not our bodies. I'm going to drop a bomb here. It's going to be a shocker. Are you ready? I'm not going to have the same relationship with you all that I have with Ted. Ted and I have 30-something years. Ted and Debbie and I. When you've been hanging... I have known them longer than I've known my wife. I have been in fellowship with them longer than I've been, well, not, I've not known them longer. I've known her longer, but I've been in fellowship with them longer than I've been married to Annie. Right. Right. 35 years in marriage this year. Ted and I got 38 years hanging out together. Would it be safe to say that it's impossible for someone that's hung out with me for 12 years to have the same relationship that I have with someone I've hung out with 37 years? But you know what? Some people look at what 
Ted and I's relationship, and they're like, Pastor, you know, I I wish I had that. No, you don't. You don't wish you had. You don't understand. You don't understand what we've been through together. You don't know what we had to do to maintain 38. We had, there were compromises that had to be made. There were apologies that had to be uh, given. There were apologies that had to be accepted. There were, there were times that we had to agree to disagree. Oh, yeah. I had to accept things that Ted wasn't going to change. And he had to accept things in me that I wasn't going to change. Ted is, there are things in Ted that are an irritant to me and there are things in me that are an irritant to him. Yet we continue to maintain a relationship. The dynamic of our relationship has changed much over the years. Do you know Ted and I used to get together every day? Isn't that, isn't that right, Ted? We would see one another Every day for years. Isn't that right, Tabitha? Every day. Every day. When Tabitha was little, she was a part of that gathering. She had no choice. Every day. Every day. Ted pointed something out to me the other day that I hadn't even thought of. We were at lunch and he said something. I was like, you need to talk about that. Because you, know you know what he said? He said, you know, Pastor, after we started that church, um, a lot of things changed in the dynamic of our relationship. I mean, he didn't say those words. You know, that's not Ted dynamic. <laughs> a lot of things changed in our relationship. He said, you know, you, you, your attention started to be on other people instead of us. You know, I'd never thought about it. He said, now, he said, you know what? You quit coming over. He said, you, you don't come over at all anymore. Now, all of a sudden, you're splitting your time between us and everybody else. And he said, you know what? I struggled with that. Oh, yeah. I str- he said, I had, there was a lot that I had to work through thinking about you. And, and now, I had to split my time with all these, where would some of you be at? I'll tell you where some of you would be at because some of you, I, some of you, I, you know, things, things change, the dynamic of how things change around the church. The minute the dynamic changes, all of a sudden, you know, you're moping around here. <laughs> imagine, imagine being 15, 20 years, 25 years in, and then all of a sudden, it really changes. Yeah, there's going to there's gonna be a wrestling match. Why? Because you've got to sanctify yourself in your soul and in your body as well as in your spirit. And you have to keep your soul and your body blameless just like you're doing in the spirit. And that can, that can take time. You know what Ted could have done? Well, I feel like the Lord's telling me it's time to go. I finished my assignment. Lord says, time to move on. I need to go where I'm needed. And you don't need me no more. See, we've been using the wrong thing to determine whether we're doing our assignment or not. That's right. 
It's awfully quiet in this Pentecostal church. You say, Pastor, why are you talking about that? Because I think this is where, where we, we've come to as a, as a church. Many of us have come to that place where, where, we're, where, where we begin to wrestle with those kinds of things. You know, uh, if we added 25 people to the... If we had 25 new people come to this church probably you're not going to get in my office on Sunday morning. Probably you're going to have to keep your kids out of my office. Now it's not a big deal because there's not so many. But we can't have 25 more families that have seven kids each. <laughs> then I come in my office and they're hanging from the, you know, whatever, and, and they're in my chair saying, I got your chair. <laughs> Amelia, I'll come in and she's like, I got your chair. I got your chance. <laughs> Things change as we grow, as we move forward into. Some of us, we may get super close, and then at some point, you may find that my attention has to be developed. And, and that's, you know, that, that for, for some people, I really believe that some people are looking, they don't, they don't understand. You know, what attracts you to Winner's Church and what attracts you to this place I know I'm representative of what, you know, we are as a church, but you don't realize that what you're attracted to is not me. Once you hang around with me, you will find out the difficulties of having a relationship and maintaining a relationship with Pastor Zig. Because guess what? I'm not always chatty. And some of you are going to get real self-conscious when you hang out with Pastor Zig, and I ain't saying nothing. Believe me, just ask Cherie. I watched her go through it. She didn't know that about me, but when she started hanging out with me and she could talk for two and a half hours and never hear a word from me, and then me get out of the car and be like, I'll see you later. <laughs> I, I watched her drive away. You know what? When you're messed up in your soul, you know what you do next time you see that person? Did I do something wrong? Did I make you mad? What did I do wrong? What did I do to make you mad? I mean, I I really felt uncomfortable. Well, could that be because there's, maybe it wasn't me at all. Did you ever consider that I wasn't the one that made you uncomfortable? But there was something in your soul that made you make these assumptions? And create these ideas. Did it ever occur to you that I just want to shut up because I'm always talking? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Did it ever occur to you that I get tired of speaking? That I just want to be quiet? Go ahead, man. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't get angry about it. I understand. I do my best to try to, to try to communicate those things. And eventually I communicated those things. There's nothing wrong, Shri. Shri, I just want to be quiet. I just want, I would rather, if I just want to be quiet. I just don't want to talk. I, I talk so much and I, I just, I value, I value the time that I don't have to move my mouth. Go ahead, man. And you, and you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't, ch- I'm, Here's what I'm not going to do, and not not for not because I'm selfish or anything like that. But there's so the, the moments that I have, the moments that I have are so few 
then I'm not going to take the moments that I have to accommodate an insecurity in someone else. If I could sanctify my soul and my body and, and work on making my soul and my body blameless, then you can do it too. Guess what? You can do the work of the ministry. I, I think I, I may have, who was it I was telling this to, Tyler? And I know I told someone this recently. Do you, do you all realize that you're passing? I, I promise I'll be finished in uh, this, uh, sometime. Anyway, I'll get you out of here before tomorrow. No, we'll be out of here in a second. When I, when I went into the ministry, there, is, there was not one person. I'm not talking about there was... The, listen, there was not... Brandon, not one. Not one individual was for me. Not one. No one that was around me that I knew that I was in fellowship with, that I had a close relationship with, believed that I would, my dad didn't believe I'd do the work of the ministry. My pastor didn't believe I would do the work of the ministry. My pastor's wife didn't believe I'd do the work. They didn't believe I was called. They didn't acknowledge the calling on my life. They knew that God had done something and they were, they were certainly, uh, here's what they would say. They would say, boy, I admire your zeal and your passion for the Lord. But what they were really saying was, you're an idiot and your fall is going to be hard because you don't understand what you're about to get into. I mean, that's really what it was. It's like, boy, we admire your zeal, but man, are you in for a rude awakening. All of them believed, Rachel, that I would fail. All of them believed that I would lose the fire. All of them believed that I would lose my zeal. Why? Because they knew I was about to be exposed to a world that they had been exposed to that they allowed to corrupt and to pollute and to afflict their souls. And they could no longer have confidence. Listen, some of you don't have any confidence in the church. You don't have confidence in ministers, ministry. I'm your pastor, but boy, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you don't have any confidence. I mean, you love me. Don't get me wrong. And you know what that does? It, you know what that does? It'll knock you off course. It'll, it will keep you from God's will for your life. Because it keeps you from navigating the, the spirit. When you navigate the spirit, guess what? You don't take into consideration the obstacles. You're either going to go over, you're going to go under, you're going to go through, but you're not going to be stopped. You know what? What if God sends you someplace nobody likes you? What if God sends you to a hard place? What if God sends you to serve under a leader that is carnal, that has issues in their life, that you have to look past all of the carnality and all the issues of their life to see the, to see the, the, the truth of God that those individuals carry? How are you going to navigate that, church? See, we've got to do what it, what it takes to navigate the waters that lead us to where God wants us to go. That's right. And it's not all rainbows and lollipops. There's some people that are farther along than others. 
There's some people that are more loving and more kind, that have more wisdom. <laughs> Boy, I've preached y'all into a frenzy today. <laughs> but you should, you should be taking inventory. You know, God, God brought us together as a church, and I believe he did. Boy, I got the opportunity to hang out with uh, Rafael and uh, Andrea. Incredible testimony. It wasn't nothing but God that brought these folks to our church. And I thank God for it. Amen. Their story is like so many other stories. The journey, you know, Tapitha and Derek have, have just come back to join. The journey that they've been on from the time that they were with us and before until now, the testimony. Listen, it ain't nothing but God that brought y'all back to Winner's Church. Couldn't have been anything but God to do it. Man, when you hear Bailey's story, oh my God. Heck, when we saw Bailey when she was this big, she's just a little middle schooler, elementary school girl or whatever when we, when we first met. We never dreamed she'd be a member of Winner's Church. Never dreamed that she'd sit under our ministry. Right. The story, the testimony. We all have a testimony. God brought you here for a purpose. Oh, yeah. Do you know why he brought you here? To persuade you that you're going to carry what he called you to do. If you and I never have a relationship like mine and Ted's, guess what? You're going to make it. If you don't get to come to my house, sit on my couch, eat Cheetos and watch football, that's not going to keep you from fulfilling God's purpose. If we never wet a fishing line together, it's going to be okay. We never sit across the table from one another at lunch. It'll be all right. Some of us will do it every now and again. Some of us will do it more regular. It doesn't mean I have more love for some than I do for others. It means the nature of David and Hilda. Listen, we're, we're in each other's hair. That's the way. Well, if I had hair, that's the way it's going to be. Because of the nature of our relationship. Some people are like, well, you know, Hilda and David, they get, you know, they call Zig any time. He seems to really make time for them. I have to. <laughs> they have to do the same for me. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. When they see their phone ring and it's Pastor Zig, it, then it's not always, oh, praise God, Pastor Zig's calling. Okay. <clears throat> Hello? Listen, sometimes, sometimes I get put to voicemail. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it rings once or twice. They go to, <laughs> can I call you back? Hilda's driving right now. and uh, Yes, <laughs> be excited. <laughs> she can't take your call. What is that? You know that notification you get? I'm like, this girl always driving. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I always call at the most, you know, I, I call it the best times, dinner time, lunch time, bedtime, the best times, Sister Tail Park time. But you know, some people, that's the idea that, oh man, 
wouldn't it be awesome to have Pastor Zig call you? Yeah, until you hear what I have to say. <laughs> oh, I want I to I wanna serve. I, I really want to do ministry. Listen, and I thank God. Keep that in your heart, but know what you're saying. I want to serve. I want to do ministry. Do you know what you're saying? You're saying you want to work. That's right. right. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I'm, I'm going to be in leadership. Do you know what that means? That means you're going to have to come on every, every month on Saturday at 9 a.m. Whether you like it or not, you, right. go, you coming to a leadership meeting. If you don't, you ain't on leadership. That means every time we have a revival is expected for every leader to be here every day the doors are open. And if you don't, you better have a good reason. That means if you're in leadership in this church, you better be real sick not to come. Because if I'm coming when I'm sick, you're coming when you're sick. And Emilio have better have pooped a lot. I mean, you better be calling Tyler to detail your car. That's the message you better. Because you go be. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't, think, they don't think about that. You know, Michael, Michael Salazar, you know, with him, he's been on leadership team, him and Twyla, for, for years. And Michael, man, every... Every week, he feels a sense of responsibility to be here, even if he's in Florida. Even if, and, and some people are like, it must be nice to be able to. Yeah, ask him how nice it is to get on an airplane. Go ahead, man. I know, I, listen, and I know some of you think it's a jet set lifestyle. You know, I ought to drag every one of y'all with me at least one time. I'm going to tell you right now, you'd have a whole different perspective on how ministry works. If you had to come with me on a... I know some of you are, oh, I would love it. Listen, you wouldn't love it, but for... You, you'd love the first meal. After the first meal, you'd be like, can I, can I stay at the hotel? Can I, I just feel like I need to stay at the hotel and pray. No, you ain't staying in the hotel and pray. You get in the car, let's go. Some people I'd schedule with them to go there. Oh, I forgot it's my anniversary. Mine too. Get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> my wife called. I'm really concerned. She's, she's not feeling well. Happened, how many times do you reckon that happened to me in 30, 38 years, 39 years That's of ministry? Right, a lot. Go ahead, you know, the member of the quarter here, <laughs> Mr. Gabe, where's he at, by the way? Tell him to come play. He's disappeared. Did he get raptured? Are we, did we all get left? <sighs> he's, the, he's the only one that made it. Oh Dear God. <laughs> Where he, he got member of the quarter and got raptured out of here. <laughs> I, was, I remember I was flying to Dallas. Fort Worth, I'd just taken off from Sundance, and Sundance is right, just right up here up the road, and I took off, and man, I wasn't very far at all, I still had a phone signal, I get a text, we're in the emergency room, Gabe fell and busted his head open, I was like, well, how bad is it, it's bad, I mean, Annie was in a panic, Ted was with me, 
Ted already didn't like flying. We'd fly through clouds. Ted would close his eyes. I'm like, why are you closing your eyes, Ted? I just can't stand to look at it. I can't look at it. I can't look at it. I don't mind doing it as long as I don't have to look at it. I said, I said uh, okay, we're in revival. How inconvenient. So I looked over at Ted. I said, Ted, my boy's at the emergency. I'm going to have to go back. But first, I'm going to drop you off in Texas. I said, you, uh, you're going to preach. He said, me? Uh, yes, you're going to preach. I went, what do I preach on? I said, you better figure it out. You got about an hour and 45 minutes before church starts. You better hear from the Holy Ghost. What's God saying, Ted? Uh, I don't, I, uh, maybe you ought to call the pastor. No, I ain't calling the pastor. No signal. I, that's, they're waiting there at the airport. I'm going to drop you off. I literally landed, opened up the door. Ted got out. I didn't even stay to, I, I think I may have knocked him off the wing, taxiing away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look and he's just in a heap there. On the <laughs> I literally landed, pushed Ted out of the plane, shut the door and took off and came right back to Oklahoma City. See, some people would be okay, Rhonda, if, if it wasn't so hard. Go ahead now. If we didn't have to talk to each other in the morning. If I didn't make everybody come and eat with us, right? That would be easier, wouldn't it? It'd be easier if, if you weren't forced into having to get in a room with four other people Go ahead now. that are all on different schedules yeah. and eat different things. And have different preferences. Right. Room temperature. <laughs> pillow comfort. Okay. The time that they take in front of the mirror. <laughs> and then when you're, when you're used to being on your schedule, and your schedule, um, we're leaving at 11, and you're, when you leave at 11, you really leave at 11.30? But other people really leave at 11 when they say 11. And then you get left behind. And you come out the lobby of the hotel. You're like, where's everybody at? And you get a text. I'll have to come back and pick you up. We, Pastor said 11. That's right. Dirty rats left me. Mm -hmm. And if you ain't on time when we come home, you're going to be left in Ohio. You understand? Go ahead now. Well, you know, I don't really like hanging around other people. Well, you don't want to come with me then because I'm going to make you hang around other people. Right. Heck, I remember Eric. Poor Eric. I took Eric out of his element, man. <laughs> Eric, come, come hang out with us. He came and he's like, he's used to having his own car, being on his own schedule, being in his own place. Man, I put him right in the same place I was staying, right next door knocking on his door. Hey, it's time for lunch. 
No, man, I'm no, man, let's go. Where are we going? We're, we're going to a Mediterranean. Eric hates Mediterranean food. Eric hates Mediterranean food. We're going to the Mediterranean restaurant. Oh, man, I don't like that. Well, that's where the pastor wanted to go. Uh, can I go someplace? Well, no, we're going there. What, what I, had, I don't have no say. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> it's ministry. It's ministry. Lord gave me a vision. I feel like the Lord said to do this, and I feel like da 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 da. Well, how does that fit with the vision of the church? I, I don't know. Well, you better figure it out before you do any of that. You got to figure that out. You know what? No one likes. No one likes when Hilda shoots holes in their vision. You got a great vision, but what if somebody dies? <laughs> oh, yeah, bouncy house out here on the pavement is real nice until someone busts the head open, which happened. <laughs> and then after you've been doing something for 12 years because we've been doing this 12 years we've been doing this 12 years and then there's certain stuff we've tried and people want us to try it again it's like we tried that before and it really wasn't good well they don't want to take nobody's advice because we know we, we know a little bit about what we're doing in 37 years doing ministry there's some things you learn just doing it long enough anyway stand up so I know I'm finished thank you did this help anybody at all Amen. the reason I'm reason I'm saying this to y'all is because I don't want anyone to get off course based on those kinds of things I was going to tell you about Paul and how he was traveling, and when he was traveling, there's this fellow named John Mark and a fellow named Barnabas that were traveling with him. And at some point, John Mark was like, I can't, I can't do this. And he left and went away from Paul's ministry. And actually, Paul was like, good riddance, because you, you know, he, John Mark must have been a handful. Because Paul wasn't crying when he left. <laughs> but then Barnabas is like, you know, old John Mark, he's, pretty, he's a pretty good guy. So you know what Paul says to Barnabas? Well, why don't you go join him then? <laughs> I know I'm paraphrasing it. That's a, that was the word I was looking for earlier. The Septuagint is a paraphrase of the Old Testament. But anyway, uh, he was paraphrasing, you know, I'm just paraphrasing this. He was telling, Paul was telling old Barnabas, why don't you go join him? You hook up with him. Do you know Barnabas and John Mark got a, got a bunch of work done. They did a bunch for God. They did a bunch for God. And then, and then uh, Barnabas told Paul, we should, we should let him come. No, he ain't coming. He, he wasn't loyal. He wasn't faithful. He is not going to have part in this ministry. Listen, stuff, stuff like that was going on way. Listen, it's been happening in, since, since people have been people and God has been God. This has been happening. But you know, later on in the book, when, in the book of Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, he says, 
he says, uh, there was a guy that had left him. I believe his name was Demas. He said, uh, pray for me, you know, do this. He, Demas left me. He's, he's, he's departed from me to go back to the world, to do backslid. He's like, so, you know, pray for me. And then he said some other things. And then he said something that I thought was interesting. He said, hey, and when you come back, bring John Mark with you because he's helpful to the ministry. So there was, there was, there was something that transpired. You know, there's, always a, there's always this dynamic. We have to be careful that we don't get caught up in the dynamic of the, of the flesh that we, that, we, that we quit sanctifying that part of our lives, setting aside that part of our lives being blameless in that part of our life because that's the part of your life that'll, that'll that's what'll reach up and bite you in the backside and keep you from revival keep you from the miraculous and so uh if you know what if if paul can if paul can navigate that and do it you can do it heck if i can do it you can do it if i can stand before you and stand in front of pastors and get, stand in front of churches and hang out with people and not have the root of bitterness and have animosity and and be done with uh, you know, I, I, y'all don't hear me say stuff like, hey, you know, like, remember that guy we had and, and uh, he, uh, he's, he had pastored for 25 years or whatever it was and he got up in front of our church and he said, it's good to, you know, it's good to be here, uh, you know, hanging out with y'all. Uh, I don't know why he would ever, you would ever pastor a church. People ask me, are you pastoring? I'm like, no, I'm not. Remember he had a real, he, he was, he said it a certain way. <clears throat> I remember when he asked me, he said, so you, you're pastoring a church now? Huh? I said, yeah. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those are people that they've let it get to their, their, their soul is not where it needs to be. Don't be that one. Don't be that one. You know, if you're, if, you're wrestling with, if you're wrestling with sin, if you're wrestling with the flesh, if you're wrestling with being an idiot, wrestle with it. Fight the good fight. Overcome. Don't give up. But don't let it move you away from where the Spirit of God's trying to lead you. Heck, here at Winter's Church, you, you can be worship leader one week and then the next week you're, you're just on the team. <laughs> if you have trouble in your soul, you're not gonna, it's not going to work for you. Like one day you can be swiping your card at Sam's, the next day you're handing your card to somebody else. I mean, that's the way it works around here. We're, we're, trying, we're trying to get to where God wants us to go. And we, we can't take and hold these wrong thinking, these wrong feelings. So lift a hand, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for each one here today. Lord, it's my prayer that you will help your people to navigate the waters. And not only will they be about the things of the spirit, but they'll be about the things of the soul. That their soul and the afflictions that they experience in the realm of their soul will not hinder them from achieving the goal, the purpose for which you've called them. That their bodies will not fail them. But Lord, that they will be set apart, sanctified, That they will be strengthened by your spirit, by your word. 
and found blameless in every part of their life, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, I thank you that today, my prayer is that today would be an encouragement to them. If I can make it, they can make it. Lord, if you can do it in, if you could do it in anyone, including me, you can do it in them in the name of Jesus. So Lord, I thank you that today you're raising them up, you're strengthening them, and you're sending them forth to be and to do, Lord, all you desire for them to be and do in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 All right. I, I, now, I told you, I warned you before I started how it was going to be. So um, my prayer is, is that you will take hold of these things. You know, if, uh, if, if, there, if you ever have any questions about these things, most people, most people that are a part of the leadership team of this church have the ability to answer the questions that you might have. Because many of them, this isn't the first time they've heard some of these things. But I do, listen, I do want to encourage, because I know I've, I've, I've had too many conversations with people over the last two weeks to not, to not come to the place where I realize that these are some of the things that people are struggling with. And uh, uh, I'm not, a, listen, your, your pastor's not avoiding uh, having a relationship with you. Some of you, you're so anxious in your pursuit of something that you think is a uh, may be necessary but you have to embrace what God you know you have to embrace the relationship if God gives you deep relationships with people embrace them if God gives you superficial relationships with some people embrace them that's the nature of those relationships don't don't try to don't try to force yourself or others into things that God hadn't really given you with those people but God will surround you with people that will be helpful to you and God will give you relationships that will uh, be, you know, deeper than, uh, you know, other relationships. <clears throat> Not all your relationships are going to be deep. But, you know, I appreciate all the relationships that God's put in my life. All of them, all of them, all of them benefit in some way. Not just me, but hopefully the other folks that, Amen. Do you know some people, they, I only talk to them every now and again, and most of the time, it's a one-way one thing. It's always, what's the Lord saying, you know? And I'm the one who has to say what the Lord says. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I thank God for those relationships. I thank God for the people that want to hear the word of the Lord. I thank God for people that will put up with me in a deeper relationship. You know, Tyler, uh, being my nephew, being family, you know Tyler's going to Believe me, y'all don't want to have to wade through all the stuff Tyler has to wade through to have to hear me. Tyler has to remember the stuff that I did to him that was mean because I'm his uncle. <laughs> stuff that I did to him to toughen him up, <laughs> which wasn't much, you know. I mean, I think I was pretty good. Gabe being my son. I used to trap him and hold him and man, he hated it. Get all claustrophobic and cry. Called it the trap game, didn't we, Gabe? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, trap. Yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> 
Ought, we ought to give God thanks that we're blessed with what he's given us. Amen. Thank God. All right, listen, I'm going to turn you loose. I know some of you hungry. You're like, man, this is a long one. It was. Amen. Huh? Two things. Ah, David, happy birthday. I knew it was your birthday and forgot. Happy birthday. David is 27 years old today. No, no, no. How old are you, David? 38. Good God, I can't believe it's been that long. Man, I've been knowing you a long time. Seemed, seemed to be a long time. But uh, happy birthday, man. It's always uh, lots of birthdays in July. It was uh, Raphael's birthday on the 1st. and uh, Oh, on the 6th. 1st was the anniversary. And then on the 6th is his birthday. And Annie, Pastor Annie's birthday is coming Tuesday. You're going to be 21. 21. <laughs> there he's 21. But uh, that and also Kingdom Kids meeting after church. And um, those of you that have children, that, what are we going to do there? We already got it? 